Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, Footy Prime the Podcast presents the Foundation Episode. Today, slab on grade foundations, the easy way out. Is concrete on the ground really a good idea? We get up close and personal with Peer and Bean. Is this the raised floor you really want? We'll look at the epidemic that's affecting millions of homes around the world. Crack in the concrete plus an all-out battle between crawl space and basement do you really want a place your kid can move back home to all that plus concrete block foundation an oldie but a goodie this is footy prime the foundation episode let's get this mortar poured today's episode is brought to you by l'oreal paris and arby's hey jc yeah um i think i, I meant like a different foundation when i Name this this show the Foundation episode. Well, like a like a charitable organization because that's what no, I was struggling with. No, uh, no, just like Foundation, like the the one that started it all, one that holds it all together. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did. That's why I, we named all the different types of them. Oh, like you know the mortar, the 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 concrete slab one, yeah. which is a I mean that one's kind of a like a half ass, and it's just like let's pour it on the lawn and stick a house on top. 
So, yeah. you know, I figure we don't, we haven't really talked much about it, but I figure we'll get into it at some point. We can get into like <laughs> structures and stuff. And Jimmy's often um, fixing his house up, right? Putting flooring down and stuff. I'm sure he's poured the old foundation or two over his time. Hey, Jimmy? His dad has. I did, actually. I went over to my dad's house the other day. Watched him and, do it? Uh, no, he's putting a bathroom in the basement. Now, the basement's been unfinished for 25 years. <laughs> But for some reason, my father wants to put a bathroom down there. So we had to dig up the concrete, right, to lay the pipes and everything to go into the toilet. So he had me on the jackhammer. Then I had to carry all the bags of concrete up. And all of a sudden, he wants to do it all. And then when it's time to carry all the heavy stuff, it's, oh, your old man's getting old here. I can't do that anymore. And I'm like, what about my other brothers? Why, why didn't you call them? No, nah, they're lazy. You'll do it. They got jobs. So I ended up I ended up doing that and pouring concrete in the basement. Now he's got a beautiful bathroom in the basement, and nobody's used it for seven fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you? Is, is he planning on moving down there? Is that what it is? I don't know. I have no idea. That's my mother. I said, what, "What's the story with this? Like, why why do you have this bathroom?" She's like, "I have no idea. Your old man's retired, mm-hmm. had nothing to do, so he decided to build a bathroom in the basement." Now the three the three bathrooms upstairs aren't good enough. He decided to have a fourth one in the basement that's unfinished. See, Craig, Craig could have moved down there, couldn't he? He's got a bathroom. It's equipped. No, oh, well, not to worry. Yeah. Well, he's planning on finishing it, so maybe Craig, you and I will move in. <laughs> yeah, he's got a beautiful pool as well. Hey, Craig, you're you're yet to get your internet hooked up, right? So you're a little bit tinny today. How's the place though? Working out for you? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. After that nightmare, I think anywhere would be great. Even at a doghouse, I think it would have been great. Moving sucks. Yeah, it's not much fun, is it? Oh, the worst. Even when you get movers. Even when you get movers, yeah. Oh, poor guys, man. Man, hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we should have a bet how long those boxes are just going to sit there. Oh, indefinitely. (laughs) (laughs) You you have no intention of unpacking them, do you? (laughs) I I know exactly what he probably said. He He would have said, thanks, guys. That was great. And then shut the door and just went, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. It was actually so those boxes will fit there. I was overwhelmed by the support and the offers of help from everybody at Footy Prime. It was amazing. <laughs> I just couldn't keep off the phone. <laughs> I oh. was sick. Craig, you know, I would have been there otherwise. Oh, that'll no, just not. No chance. I uh I'll avoid helping friends move using any means possible. <laughs> not worth it. They can kill oh, it can kill, uh, kill friendships too. Um. Yeah. No. No longer today. He, he's off. He's back on Friday though. Um. JC's here though. Hey, JC. Hi. So we're gonna have the the JCV Wonga head-to-head tilt. Who knows the least about soccer on Friday? We'll, we'll plan that. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that it's me. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know that. But Your then gambling again, helps, right? Help your knowledge. I will tell you that gambling makes everything more fun or catastrophic. Just you got to be smart about it. Yeah, exactly. Know your limits. Yeah. For all you for all you underage kids out there who are gambling, know your limits and play within it without your well, parents finding out. Well, I, I think you might we'll give one a good run for his, for his money there. Um, but that being said, this week, a bunch of games, I, I don't know how many of us watched the games in great detail. I was like, otherwise, 
engaged. So I've been pulled away in various, you know, things. I couldn't watch the games. Saw the highlights of most of them. Jimmy, did you get to see many games this week? I saw a couple. I saw Frankie Lampart just lower than a snake belly. He's yeah. on a roll, isn't he? Oh, he's going to break record here. I think his last 20 games in the Premier League are 17 losses, one win, two draws. I think it's the 14 games sequence, his last 14 games are like the worst in top flight history. And we're talking about a team that costs like a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's lost 10 straight games going back to Everton now as manager, which equals the record from 1988 at Derby County. At what point do you just give up? If you're Frank Lampard, I mean, maybe maybe somewhere in there there's a decent manager. I don't know, but I want to keep making excuses for him and say it's not his fault. I don't blame Frank Lampard, but he hasn't got a win. He hasn't got a point in six games. It just seems like it's almost impossible to do. Yeah, just one. going into training every day like what are you doing like how 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 is it possible to lose 17 matches win one draw two over your last 20 could it be that he doesn't know how to manage is does that one of the, and does this actually as much as there goes to the end of the season and all this i mean but he wanted this to work obviously you know i mean he's proud and of course he wants it to work but does he play himself out of a job now? Like, who the yes. fuck is going to hire him? That's no. a great question. I think he's going to have to find another role in football after this. <laughs> you don't think some team in the lower divisions, like a decent-sized club, like a Derby, for example, who hired him before, I'm not saying them right now, but mm. a team of that kind of size who struggled of late would give him a go? I mean, I, I can't see the Premier League, any Premier League team giving him a chance. Not a point. chance. Not a chance. Well, how about this, Sharms? You own... A good-sized club in the second division. Would you hire him? I wouldn't. Someone would. <laughs> it all someone would. would. And why, why wouldn't you hire him? <laughs> so it was one win like in seven. <laughs> 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 imagine that interview. Like, say, say Frank does get interviewed for a job, right? And he's going into that yeah. office. You know the the glitzy offices <laughs> of the owner and they look at so so frank uh, tell us you know how has it gone recently you know how was it at chelsea and and everton and and then let, let's let's pull out let's put out the result oh, holy shit <laughs> 17 losses in 20 games one win 10 straight losses <laughs> by that point it could be it could be 14 straight he might not win a game at chelsea yeah. at this point they're playing bournemouth this weekend right at bournemouth Bournemouth, who are playing such good football right now, surging, who are tied on points, by the way, with Chelsea on 39 points. This is Bournemouth, right, Greg, who have been talking about all year long. Oh, well, they're in the battle to go down. They could well be relegated all year long. And now we look at the table, and they're tied on points with Chelsea. And then it's like it's really? a tough schedule to end the season for him. Oh, yeah. would, your, would your question be, what are you going to do different here, Frank? <laughs> that would be the question, wouldn't it? Yeah. Try something different. <laughs> Just anything, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he, he might just say, listen, that Chelsea was a poison chalice. There's nothing anyone could do. Graham Potter couldn't turn it around. No one else could turn it around. It wasn't my fault. What if that was a response? How would you, how would you react to that? Then I would like, say, well, where, where did it all go wrong at Everton? 
<laughs> or where did it go wrong at Chelsea the first time? <laughs> Remember, there was Derby Tuch County. There was Derby. He did well. Yeah, there was Derby. Maybe that's his level. But Tuchel came in. Remember, which is like you don't see that manager bomb. You know, sometimes you do. But he remember he turned that around. Like Chelsea were struggling. Tuchel comes in, pushed them right into the Champions League spots, and wins the Champions League. Like it, it was a really significant. Like, you don't see that very often, that big a jump. It's a I think they wish they kept him. <laughs> well, maybe, but then he went to Bayern Munich, and Bayern have hardly lit it on fire since he arrived there, have they? Yeah, but he's still a fantastic coach. Yeah. I just don't know. I, just, I think about Frank Lampard. And, I mean, everyone's he's, he's a human being. He's, he's like a decent bloke, right? Everyone's got... A limit though where they, they had to say i just can't do this anymore i don't want this i'll stay in football maybe the media he, he could fall into a media job tomorrow but it's still got to be a big bruised ego to admit that isn't it massively oh yeah he won i mean he works incredibly hard there's no question about that he did as a player he will as a manager and he would have you know really battled to try to make a success at it and uh Unfortunately, it just has not worked at all. Well, that'd be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, he might be the worst Premier League manager of all time. He might, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Record-wise, if you're... Record-wise, he could well be, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. who would be worse? I mean, for, I mean, he's been at, well, three, two clubs, three clubs, well, including Derby, four clubs. I mean, this current record, I mean, there is... Arthur Cox was at Derby County in 1988, lost 10 straight in two stints. Um, that's who's equaled right now. Bournemouth can make it 11. But Arthur Co or Cox did not have a team worth a billion dollars. No, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, I mean... You, you would think with that squad, right? All those those great players or, or very good players, you think at some point you'd fluke a, a draw, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Six games. <laughs> Jao Felix would, would score a goal at some point, you know, or... Yeah, yeah. How do you spend that much money and you don't even have... It's like, yeah, we don't have a striker, really. We, we... <laughs> oh, oh, shit, we did. We forgot the... It's like going to the grocery store and spending yeah. 200 bucks coming in and going, fuck, I forgot the milk. <laughs> exactly. And, and you went out there for the milk. Huh? That's what you yeah. needed. You need the milk. How about, like, I mean, a guy like Skamaka, West Ham paid 40 million for the Italian comes and he's not even... I don't even know if he gets dressed for training anymore. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I know they're going to probably sell him back to an Italian club at a massive discount, but apparently he's just soft as shit. He's got oh. tattoos. He looks the part. He looks so tough, and apparently he's not at all. Is that what it is? Can't handle the physicality of the prim? Yeah, he just can't handle anything. Throwing in injuries. He's a big boy as well. So he's, that, he's that bag of milk then that you forgot. Yeah. yeah. There he is. All, all, ta there all it is. tattooed up. All yeah. show, no go. Yeah. <laughs> Looks all good on the outside till you squeeze it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Arsenal were back in the first place, though, when they have to beat in Chelsea for, for a night. And then City today beat West Ham 3-0, back in the first place for them. West Ham yeah. with just five subs in that game. Um, through the, I think the flu was going through the team. It played quite well first half, worked really hard, got a bit fortunate. But at the end of it, as is, is, is poor you feel about the result, 
looking at goal differential in the bottom of the league and where they're sitting with 34 points and goal differential might play a part. You walk out of there and you go, threes and elves is not bad. I mean, there's other teams that are going to go in there. Not many teams are going in the city picking up anything anyway. So I think for the most part, this was the extra game in hand for them. And it was a throwaway. And they managed to get out of there with only losing three. I guess with a team like City, right? I mean, as, as an ex-players, there must be certain teams that you're assuming you're going to lose to. So a 3-0 or a 3-1 is okay, isn't it? Like, do you consider that a win? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Look, really? I, I remember sometimes you're playing a game and you're playing against a team that's on fire and they're just running right, running away with the league. And, and when you're walking to the dress room, you're more or less looking at each other going, boys, keep it down to five today. Eh? <laughs> Let's not get absolutely pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Especially a team like City. Don't think that those players aren't thinking, oh, God, how many are we going to concede today? Yeah. I mean, going back to like 90 and 94 when he played Brazil with Romario, Bebeto, you know, Dunga, the whole freaking Tafarel, the whole works. That was a game where you're kind of, you know, all right, boys, <laughs> get behind the ball. But we managed to do something. So it's not like he, you, you know, you know what you're up against. You know, they're fantastic and the chances are you, you're not going to win, but you always think in the back of your head, man. Eh, yeah, you might lose nine out of ten, but maybe not today. But you are essentially beaten mentally before you even step foot in the pitch. You, you oh, know. Especially, especially if you concede early. <laughs> Five oh. minutes into the game, you're like, oh no. Yeah, that that one the the one out of ten chance is then gone and dismissed when they score early. <laughs> it's like, well, there it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Harlan scored his 35th, so we can now say. Harland in the Premier League era, at least, has uh, more goals than anyone else. And Shearer and Cole both got the records with a 42-game season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, regardless, is is, is Harland 35. What point do we have to start asking, is he the greatest to ever play in the Premier League as a striker? To me, you need more... You need more seasons, right? You can say it's the greatest single season in Premier League history from a striker, and it is. Right, thirty-five goals, simple as that. Um, but you need to put in more years, right? I, I think he might well get there. But I've heard people say, "Yeah, he's the best ever." But I mean, Christ, there's been some really good strikers in the Premier League, right? Shearer, Thierry Henry, Ruud van Nistelrooy, Robin van Persie, Mo Salah, guys that did it year after year after year. And uh, in time, he'll do that. But don't you agree that you need to do that before you're considered one of the all-time greats? He's only twenty-two. Jimmy had him struggling this year. (laughs) I don't – look, if I'm going to be honest, I'm looking at the way he's playing and the way that that he is right now. I don't think he's settled in just as yet. (laughs) (laughs) Still finding his feet, is he? I think he's still – He's finding his feet. I don't think he, he's, perform, he's performing to where he should be right now. So. He would have, you should have seven. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. It? He's 22. And, you know, it's not like he'd come in and it's just like you talk about one off. This is going to continue. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to continue to bang goals at incredible levels. Yeah. He's done it wherever he went as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at and this I, level, I'm trying to find. Go ahead, Craig. I, I, I think I think 
And I've said it before, I think we're, we're witnessing what is going to be one of the best strikers in, in world football, that's for sure. The way that he's the way that he's going right now. Of all time. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be up there with the yeah. best. I mean, if he keeps going the way that he is, which I think everybody thinks he's going to, especially playing in a Man City side that's just so good and dominant. And this year, if he wins the Premier League, and if they do win the Champions League, he's banging in all those goals, going to next season, confidence there. They'll probably add a couple more little pieces. I mean, this is going to be a dynasty team for, for a while now. And I can't see not see him scoring goals. Yeah, the only way is through injury, right? If he has a yeah. terrible injury, that's the only way it's not it's not going to happen for him. He's he's just got everything, yeah. everything, power, pace. He's just reads the play so well. He's a beast. Like he's just yeah, he's, just, he's got everything. Yeah. Look at the goals he scored: headers, bicycles, happens, <laughs> shots from outside the eighteen. Like just he does yeah. everything, and the Great size runs. he's huge. He is huge. And, and Jimmy, you, you, you were joking there about, you know, he's, he's still finding himself, but he's 22, right? He's still not the finished product. He's still learning this sport, all right? Yeah. He, he, he's only going to get better, especially yeah. with Pep Guardiola coaching him. Yeah. I mean, how, how good can a player get? How good can he be? Oh, he's, he's almost unstoppable right now as he is. And he's just going to get better and better with experience as well. I'm glad with the expansion of the World Cup that Norway will most likely make the World Cups because they didn't make the last one and he's in a country that could he could possibly play his whole international career without going to the World Cup because of the country imagine, he comes from. Imagine he played for England. Can you wait? Well, I mean, just imagine the, the, the vultures out to get him though in that case. It's probably bad enough as it is. If he was English, I mean, he'd have to be squeaky clean because they love to build you up and then tear you down, don't they? Yeah. Right. So, and he could have played, right? He's Leeds born. Yeah, he could have. Chose Norway. Good choice there, Erling. Jesus Christ. It's just country. Doesn't matter, Greg. It's about (laughs) trophies. People know about trophies. Do we talk about that all the time? It's about trophies. Uh, Yeah. International is a little different. Well, looking at his career, okay. So he was in, is it, is it Bryn? Is that how you pronounce it? B R Y N E? Bryn, 2015-16, Bryn 2. He played 14, 14 appearances, 18 goals as a kid. Right, so what? that's, that's what, eight, eight years ago now? He's, so when he was 14, playing professional football. He then moved up to the Bryn senior team. Didn't score a goal in 16 appearances. Right, letting the side down. Couldn't handle the pressure at Bryn. I mean, the Bryn's obviously a well-known team and that, that that stadium is just Come on. He didn't even you, have you his nuts yet. <laughs> I bet he did actually. Actually, I don't know did. if he does now. <laughs> he's, he's gonna have a what's what you I, ho- I hope they're not as long as his hair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's got Viking balls for sure. He then oh, moves yeah. to Mulder. Yeah. And uh, just in, in four games in 2017, he got there late, he scored two goals. The next year at Mulder, in the next two years, in 39 appearances, 14 goals. And that's a high-level football. Was that under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Might be, right? 2017? Might be, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, And then he moves to Red Bull Salzburg, where it all begins to kick off for him. So the first year there, 2019-2020, 16 appearances, 17 goals, over a goal a game. Uh, He gets the big move to Dortmund between 2020 and, of course, before moving to City. 
and he scored in 67 games. He scored 62 goals. And now Man City, 31-35. This is just the league. That's not overall. These are just league results here. I mean, it's staggering, the, the evolution there. And for Norway himself, you know, for Norway, the national team in 23 games, 21 goals. <laughs> it's crazy. Wherever he goes, apart from Bryn yeah. 2, yeah. where he struggled. You, you know, it's interesting. When I, when I first came back from Europe and uh, got involved with the MLS and the MLS draft and these so-called kids are coming out of the university at 23 years of age. Oh, the youngsters. Like, fucking, Holland's 22. And, and you just talked about how many seasons? Eight seasons or something? It's like, <laughs> the guy's played a lot of football already. That's the difference of North America and Europe, right? The maturity levels. Oh, Kids level. coming out of school here at 22, 23. Oh, yeah, and has smoke blowing up their ass. Is there, oh, you guys, you're brilliant, brilliant. Oh, you're, you're wonderful. You're unique. You're the best. You're, fuck off. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not that fucking good. Because you exactly. wouldn't be playing in fucking York or Calgary or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, steady on. We, we like York and Calgary's. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, though, I mean, did you find that when you moved to Canada, back to Canada with, with TFC originally? Yeah. Um, you know, you were, you were playing with, with university graduates, right? Guys coming yeah. through the MLS draft. Did you notice a distinct difference in the, 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 their maturity compared to back? Oh, uh, night, night and day, night and day. You got to remember too, like those college kids, they, they what play fifteen games in a season. Yeah, and I think they have a, a preseason of no more than three weeks under yeah. the rules, so there's a very short period of time. So, yeah, the traveling really caught catches them. The, the intensity, the intensity, the, the training, football. the games, and then remember as well that we were we were playing a preseason game. And it was like just coming towards the, the end, of the, uh, end of preseason, getting ready for the first match of the season. And we got this college kid and uh, preseason games going on. And he yells over the bench, hey, hey coach, can I, can I come off? Like, what? Can I come off? Oh, are you injured? Or, yeah, I just, I need a break. Oh, so he takes him off. And then at halftime, he's like, okay, I'm ready. Go back on again. And we're like, what the fuck? Because in, in college in college football, you can get substituted in the first half and come back on in the second. Why and, they didn't, that? and he didn't realize that in the pros, you, you can't do that. Once you're off, you're off. How can he not know that? Well, there you go. Who, who was it? Can you, can you tell us who it was? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Some kid that we drafted. They actually in college had unlimited subs for a while. And they used to have the basketball team on the sideline, free kick. Okay, whoosh, five subs. They used to throw them on. And then they're like, oh, well, this isn't what it was meant to. Really? Yeah. They would, they would bring on the basketball team at a set piece. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> what I mean? You got unlimited. You, you bring up these seven footers and you just, all you got to do is get your head on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knock it down. Jesus. That didn't work so well. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't watch any. I'm gonna lie to you. I don't watch any college soccer. Sorry to let everyone in the audience down. I'm sure you, you probably thought I did. Where um, would you see it? It's probably a way because I know people that are big college sports fans, including soccer, and they find a way. There's streams, yeah, like from the schools themselves, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And MLS teams, they they follow these kids right throughout the season, yeah. ahead of the draft. Is a draft? Is there any future in the? MLS draft, do you think, Jimmy, or do you think at some point it'll revert more to a, a European model? No, I don't think so. I mean, look, you really, you, 
with the, with all the teams having academies now, and these academy kids are training every single day, playing competitive matches. Then they're in that USL two playing matches. Then they come up into the first team. So, you know, there's kids that they go into the college system. You might get a couple that can come out and make the jump, but I think for the most part, you're going to see the majority of these players coming from academies. It's very rare. It's very rare that they yeah. do. You do get the uh, the outlier, but they did think the MLS the future was the NCAA and the draft. And they discovered it wasn't. So they, they then pushed clubs to the academy way. So this is all done by design um, and, uh, and just basically realizing that the NCAA wasn't going to be the future. It was going to be developing their own players, like Jimmy says, and then through the, you know, playing against top opposition, that's the hardest part, especially for teams. Like you look at Vancouver, where they're situated, it's a, it's a some distance to find a team to test your, you know, your talents as a, a, reserve, a reserve player. Yeah. Is, is MLS mandated to use uh, the draft to feed its teams? Do you know? When, when that I mean, is it something to do with U.S. soccer sanctioning? I wonder. No, I don't, or, I don't or, think so. I don't think they're, they're mandated to do it. I think they're mandated to have an, some sort of development system, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's good. it looks good as well optically having that relationship with the universities and the CPL does it here too, where they you can draft players out. And, mm-hmm. But are they, some of them good enough? No, nowhere near good enough. I should get something like Bill Manning to be able to give guys. us a good idea of sort of how that evolution has come along. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, if, if they keep having it and fewer and fewer players are drafted who become anything, what is the point in having it? Um. Good point. Good point. I'm not sure. I mean, good players can perhaps come out and trial with whoever you want, right? If they're that good. But to have mm-hmm. the draft, I mean, it's, it's not cheap, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I don't come from a draft culture. I don't really get it necessarily. It works, obviously, in the other sports. It's, it's the only way, right? But uh, like, like you guys are saying, with academies now, MLS teams. Yeah. The fewer and fewer kids would even be going to college, right? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there was, there's a there was a couple a couple of guys that came out and did well out of the university in the states. Like one, we had Moadu. I think Moadu we brought from Maryland. He mm-hmm. came and did really well, and they ended up selling him to Rangers. And then Call another one. I, and I remember I was I was I scouted was scouting him a lot. Was Nick Haglund when he was at Xavier? I had to oh, go yeah. down and watch him quite a bit, and we drafted him. And oh, he's yeah. gone on to to do very well in the. MLS, but it's not it's not often where you get those players that can come in and, and do a job week in and week out. Shaq yeah. Hislop came through the university system at Howard University out of Washington, D.C. Who did, sorry? Shaq Hislop. Oh, did he really? Wow. Mm-hmm. And then how did he end up in, uh, in England? He just thought he would take a chance and, and had a trial at Reading. Mm-hmm. And he didn't sign for much. I mean, he told me the story. We talked about it, but he's like, yeah, we, they didn't sign me. I was already getting paid anything, but... Because they were hardly paying me anything, he said I had a, a million pound buyout clause, and he got a significant amount of that because they were kind of like, "Yeah, if it works out, great, you know, perfect, this money for nothing." So he got a pretty. Then he went to Newcastle for a million, bought him out, whatever. Then came to West Ham just after the Bosman ruling changed, so he managed to pocket all that too. He's, he was a bit of a goaltender girl shock, I tell you. He, his, his moves were great. His timing was actually impeccable. I mean, he deserves it. He's a fantastic goalkeeper and an unbelievable guy. 
But one thing I would say about university football, if anybody, parents ask me, advise me on what they think their kids should do, I would always advise them, if you're going to get a full ride, go get an education. Yeah. Go do it. The odds are stacked against you. There's actually a U17 kid that will will get on the podcast before hopefully the World Cup, the U17 World Cup, he's the goalkeeper for Canada. He's got Ivy League uh, potential and grades are 96%, so he's great there. And he's got the best universities, business universities in the country, in the U.S., looking, looking at him. So, well. Go do it, and he's not hesitating. He, you know, he's smart enough to know. Even at sixteen, you know, his parents says, "Dad's smart." And he's like, "Yeah, no, this is what we're doing. We're not even going to entertain anything as far as professional goes." Until does, does he have though ambitions to play professionally? I think after mm-hmm. after the fact, if he gets his degree and he manages to be one of the very few that could make that jump. I think it's smart. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be the best advice. If you get offered the full ticket, you take it. Now, if you're good enough, you're going to be found out. You're going to be discovered at some point, mm-hmm. right? Oh, um, yeah. And if you're not, like most, <laughs> the vast majority who aren't good enough, hey, you got a full scholarship, and and you leave that with uh, mm-hmm. you know, a future at least. It's very, and it's also more difficult for males to get full scholarship rides in the United States because they have the e- equity equal opportunities. So if you got an NFL or like the NFL, fo- like a football team with 50 men playing on it. Well, you have to find 50 women in volleyball and golf and tennis and football. So the soccer, the women's side of things, they all have women's programs because they have to, to keep those numbers because of the yeah. football teams that have got so many men on it. So it is really like, even if you, if you're a young female and you're, a golfer and you're hitting an average at like 85 like you're, you're shooting 85 you, you could get a full ride scholarship it's like it's it, the opportunities are there because they just need the numbers to fill those uh to make it equal mm-hmm. yeah do, do you find though i mean jimmy tfc or even when you're coaching york i mean there has to be you, you see it with their own eyes you see these young young often north american players um who obviously aren't going to make it to, yeah. to a top league. Um, at what point do you sit them down and say, listen, you know, you're, you're 25. You're on, if not league minimum, not far off. You're not making much money. You're not going to suddenly discover your game and sign a multi-million dollar contract somewhere. Do you yeah. have those hard conversations saying you might want to think about ending it, ending your career? No, not ending your life. You know, I was big on it when, with the young, young guys as well, was always talking about their school. You know, making sure your grades don't drop. Make sure you, that's, a, that's a priority. Get your education. Because with football, look, you, you know, you could drop out and say, I want to be a professional football, and then next year you blow your knee and you're done. So it's so important to, to get your education as a young footballer. Don't let the, get, the grades drop. And if you've got an opportunity to go to university and, and get, get a degree, go get it. Go and and it. even that, like – you have to admit that getting a, a degree these days doesn't guarantee you anything. No, it really doesn't, but it helps. It helps. You're going to put yourself up. I mean, Alexander, uh, the 16 uh, year old Canadian guy, I mean, he's, he's going to get a business degree at an Ivy league school. So that's, that's a different, different level of degree where you're probably going to find a job quite easily, but 
But you guys didn't. You guys didn't go the school route. You didn't even consider it. You were going to, to Europe. That was the plan. Yeah. And yeah. I, and after going there and seeing as good a youth team as we had, and we beaten all the beaten Barcelona, Inter, Porto, Benfica, we're winning all these big European trophies. And there was only three of us that actually went on to have a football career. And then I'm like, holy shit, these are good players. You just released them. Yeah, not good enough. That was not the Ipswich uh, youth team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kwame at uh, Dalian Ackerson, the late Dalian Ackerson, God rest his soul. He's, uh, yeah, he was involved and he had a bit of a career, but yeah, the rest of them just sort of fell away. Yeah. But back then, I mean, it's a different era to it is now, of course, but were you, were you approached by schools? Were you encouraged by any parties to stick around and, and get a scholarship rather than take your chances and go to, uh, to UK? I, I did. I had, uh, I had Maryland and I had Notre Dame on the table. But your really? C minus average wasn't going to cut it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My grades weren't that bad. My grades weren't that bad. <laughs> so you have, you have Maryland and, and where else, sorry? Notre Dame. Really? Yeah. Was it, was it a real consideration for you? Notre Dame was, yeah, really big time. No um, kidding. It was a guy, another, another Canadian guy that was there, Tony Capasso. And obviously growing up, I mean, that was a, a school that, my family all liked was was Notre Dame and we uh my my mother wanted me to go and then I was like look I want to I want to try pro football first and I went over and I me mean, fortunately I made it and then after that I got into following my my coaching diplomas and got all of them so that paid off that's why I'm fucking doing this with you now <laughs> stick with it Jimmy it's gonna work out for you son it's gonna work out for you it is yeah. Well, you know, the other night, watching the Toronto Maple Leaf hockey game, and there's a player playing actually for Florida, and they show, I forgot his name, for Hangle or whatever. Anyway, they show his parents in the crowd. I don't know what it is with hockey and showing parents in the crowd. I know. They love it, don't they? Oh, yeah. And you see, the thing is, all the parents sitting at home with their little youngster thinking, yeah, Joe Jimmy, he's got a decent snapshot, you know, uh, maybe 50 grand a year at the academy and he might be in the NHL. It just seems so tangible. They're so close. Like it just seems like it's not that difficult. And it is it's such a long shot by showing parents in the crowd. I just think you're almost like feeding into that. IMG Academy in Bradenton. If anybody knows about that, this went for one and a quarter billion. And they're at the ultimate facility for selling the freaking dream. Sharapova went there. Oh, okay. Well, there's Sharapova and Sean O'Hare. I think the, the golfer went there, and but they is selling the dream. The facilities are great. Eighty nine thousand US dollars a year. It's ten grand more than Harvard. That's a sports school. Yeah. Yes. The setup is unbelievable. We used unbelievable. to go down there for, we down there for preseason. But it's the parents can afford eighty nine grand. How, how many parents can afford it? Yeah. So it's just full of all these rich kids. Okay, you know, if you can afford it, and you want to. You know, you failed as an athlete and you want your kid to, you know, you're going to try to give them this opportunity. You got the money, fine, but Jesus, like, it's more that's than why I went for this. one and a quarter billion because that is the reason. Wow. It's the who bought it? The dream. Do you know who bought it? Was it? Uh, it's a European company. I want to say Swedish or company or something. Really? Like yeah. Wow, 1.9 yeah. billion. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yeah, but that, they, quarter. but like you said, they sell the dream, right? Yeah, come here. And this isn't just that, that academy. This is numerous um soccer clubs and uh you know 
academies around the world, right? They sell that dream. Come here, spend this money in, like I said, little oh, yeah. Billy can, can become a, a Chelsea player. And it, it's just, it's so yeah. much more to football than just that. They're, yeah, they're not showing the parents who've basically remortgaged the house five times and can't pay it off now because they, they tried to push their kid, you know, because there's a thousand of them for every yeah. one of the parents that are sitting in the crowd. That's, that's my problem I have with that. Talk about pressure on the kid, right? You better make it, son, because we are broke because of you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, and then how, how many kids are missing the opportunities because they can't afford those opportunities? And they just oh, yeah, blame your parents for not playing in the NHL. Yeah. My parents couldn't spend 50 grand a year in academy. I mean, you look at the NHL players. You did a, a study on all the players or parents and, and their jobs. So they're um, Kerfoot, billionaire. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman. Hundreds of millions. Parents were, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, that's hockey. Or right? Reinhardt, a, former player, lots of money. Hockey is not for uh, families of little money, that's for sure. It's not <laughs> no. It's not blue collar, despite what <laughs> perhaps no. it is on the ice. I'm I have sure a... a guy like Wayne Gretzky would have ever made it because, like, you know, George Thornton said recently, famous, obviously, hockey player, he said, I would never be in NHL or be in the hockey, period. My parents couldn't afford it. So it does that... Sense. Craiger, does that mean that the um, the overall caliber of the game will start to decline because the a lot of the kids with the real talent who have natural you know abilities aren't able to play the sport? So eventually, it's just people who can pay enough money to train. Will that not mm. bring down the quality of the play of the game itself? Uh, I think there's still enough out there. There's still enough. But, I mean, as far as registered hockey players worldwide, I think it's in the region of a million, million and a half registered in all countries around the world at any time. If you look at that, and football is something like 250 million. And this is like North America too, right? I mean, from a football standpoint, um, there's other countries where it is affordable to play and where, where clubs and leagues have their eyeballs on the streets where the, these talents are emerging, right? In North America, who knows? I mean... Well, that's it. Even our youth teams, you know, our youth players, they want to go to academies. It might be six, $8,000 a year to play at a, a good level. That's really still really expensive. But the mm-hmm. advantage that you have playing in Europe is you've got a professional club within a golf driving you know, range away. And if you're good enough, they're going to pick you up. And then if the bigger clubs see you at that smaller club, they're going to pick you up and on and on. And it's not going to, it's not about how much money you make. It's, because the clubs are paying for that because you are the investment, you are the commodity, but here you're, you're paying to play. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the Prem, the big news yesterday, which I just love, it just makes just a big smile on my face, is that big Sam Allardyce is back in the Premier League to save Leeds. They fired Harvey Garcia yesterday awesome. or on the weekend, who knows when, it was very hush-hush, and four games left. Leeds United, currently safe, right? Currently, they are on 30 points, tied with Forrest in the last relegation spot. Both played 34 games. And Leeds Goal United... What's that? Goal differential. It's keeping them out. Goal differential, yep. And Leeds yeah. end their season, four more games left, starting <laughs> with Man City this weekend. So that's Big Sam's first game. Is hey, man is Man City? Keep it hey, Charms, Charms, he came out with a bold statement, didn't he? Oh, I love it. I've got it written down here. Where is it? 
Yeah, can you read that out before we go any further? <laughs> yeah, he's referring to uh, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Mikel Arteta. They do what they what they do. I do what I do. But in terms of knowledge and depth of knowledge, I'm up there with them. I'm not saying I'm better than them, but certainly as good as they are. We'll find out soon, won't we? We are going to find out soon. <laughs> but he also talked about having that opportunity at the clubs that they, they are, meaning that he would have a deep, deep pockets to be able to have that opportunity. He says, I'll never get that opportunity now at the stage of his career. But- no, he had the famous quote right years ago about, if my name was Aladici, I would have got a better gig, right? And it's probably quite true. Um, well, but do you- co- correct me if I'm wrong. Was he not England manager for a very, very short sprint and yep. totally messed that up? So he did have an opportunity. <laughs> it's a good point, right? He did. He had the biggest job in the bloody country. Yeah, the yeah. biggest job in England. <laughs> well, and he, he blew it. Remember a couple of years ago, it was the first time because it was his big thing. His big tag was he'd never been relegated. And people would hire him. You know, he, he was putting out fires. He, he was the, the fireman that would come and solve problems. But it, West Brom got relegated two years ago and he hasn't had a job since. But before that, Bolton, West Brom, sorry, West Ham, Newcastle, Sunderland, Palace, Everton. Never like those teams that he managed to hang on, never be relegated until the West Brom, which was really a difficult position as well. Kind of like Leeds, but four games, my God. You've gone, gone from Bielsa, this expansion football is exciting. The best, remember how I always say, oh, I'll turn on a Leeds game, like anytime. And Marsh did the same thing. Exciting football. I mean, I know yep. it might not keep you in there, but. Now you've gone to a guy that has started a street fight. Like it's, like yes. it's completely well, and, different. And they're playing, they're playing City and then Newcastle. They're the first two games. And then it's West Ham and Spurs, right? That's tough. Now, so let me ask you, okay, Jimmy, you're, you're a footballer. You're, you're playing under Bielsa. He, he's built a team around a certain style. He gets fired. They bring in Jesse Marsh. Very similar again, you know, attacking, fluid football. It doesn't work out. They bring in Gracia for a few games, whatever. But then they bring in Sam Allardyce. As a footballer, how challenging will it be to adapt from playing fluid attacking football to playing park that fucking bus, don't give up any goals, and try and scrap and claw for survival under Sam Allardyce in four games? Uh, I'm phoning my agent, and I'm talking to him saying, where are you getting me? Seriously. We need to get out. We're in trouble. Because it's, it's just going to be scrap. It's going to be old Wimbledon football now. You're not going to play pretty football. You're not going to play out the back. Well, I, I would get I mean, the ball from forward. my point of view, if you had a guy like him coming, I wouldn't give a shit how he played. If he got, if he just get us to stay up, just keep us in the division. I don't care how we play. Yeah. At this point, they've tried the right. They've tried the exciting attacking football. And they end up going the counter opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is the polar opposite. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask interesting you this. World, interesting world of football. It's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, mm. sometimes there's so lack of imagination. But listen, Sam's a good manager, right? He's, like he said before with his record, I like Sam Allardyce, right? He is who he is. He knows that, right? He's a success. He's actually quite modern with the technology he uses in, in his coaching sessions a lot more oh, than yeah. people think. Oh, yeah. um, but he's still Sam Allardyce. Still, his team's going to play a certain way, right? And it's not going to be champagne football, and that's fine. But it seems a lot to ask of of a team and and a man. Apparently, he's going to get two and a half million if they stay up. That's the deal. Yeah. Four games. I think Sean Deitch has the same, doesn't he? Is that what it is? I think he's got a couple of them if they stay up. Makes sense, right? Given what's worth for the club. 
Yeah, yeah. Every penny. Let me ask you this: If if Sam Allardyce was in charge of Man City for this season with that that team that squad, are they champions? Yes. Playing his style of football, he wouldn't play his style of football. He'd adapt. Of course, he would. So Pep's just like just you know lucky, just slides into these jobs and no, no, he's not lucky because I think he 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 manages top players better than anybody I think I've ever seen. Yeah, like that. But that's, that's not easy with those prima donnas that they have, and they all have incredible respect for him. That you have to build that, you have to earn that, and he's done that year after year after year. Yeah. But there, there is a little bit of luck though as well, Stacks. I mean, when he was at mm-hmm. Barcelona, he came through the system, gets in the first team, and look at the players that he he got to work with, some of the best in the world. And then he goes to Bayern. You're working with some of the best players in the world. Man well, he actually he won the treble player. when he went there. Mm-hmm. Hankis got fired. He won the treble. It was yeah. one of the most rarest feats ever. So, yeah, he has had the very best. He's um, got the best of but, the best that he gets to work with. And that's not his fault, right? We can't say, well, can he do it at a, a low division club? or a, Well, who knows? Who knows? Why the hell would he take that job when he can take Bayern Munich or Man City? You know, it's kind of a stupid argument, right? But it's still, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking we're all curious as to what a Pet Guardiola or a Jurgen Klopp could do at, you know, a, a smaller, struggling team. I think, I think Pep wouldn't have a problem. I think he, he can adjust. He's a modern footballer. He can yeah. adjust to what, with what he has and he'll figure it out. But they're not winning the league. No. 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 Like, he's not taking a, this West Ham team, for instance, or Bournemouth or Wolves and getting them in the you know Champions League spots. Like, it's just not happening. But wouldn't that be the ultimate you know, thing for his legacy if he did that, took one of those clubs, maybe won a promotion and led them to a Champions League spot? I mean, that'd be, okay, this guy is clearly proper, legit, world-class manager. You just never see it, right? You just don't ever see that. The top guys rotate around the top jobs until they're too old, and then they stop. Or the middle echelon of managers circulate around the middle echelon of clubs, Lower, you know, it's, it's so hard to move up, isn't it? You don't see it too often. Yeah. I mean, one thing, just about everybody who goes to Man City ends up being as good or better than they were. That's a great point. Yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leo Messi suspended two weeks wages and banned Ooh. basically for training for taking an unauthorized trip to Saudi Arabia as part of his promotional contract with the Saudi Arabian tourism board. Um, he now mm-hmm. says basically he will leave PSG at the end of the season. And there are a lot of rumors about a new offer being presented from Saudi Arabia, Al Hilal, that would dwarf Ronaldo's contract. This whole thing is getting really unsavory. It's really sad. Um, he, he left without permission. He missed training sessions, so he should be suspended, right? Yeah, but uh, do you think he really cares? Because like, no. this contract's something like four hundred million US dollars a year. <laughs> like, what the fuck? How many? How many thousand million is that a week? <laughs> what are we talking about here? JC, oh, oh, it's over over a million a day. A million? Yeah, exactly. It's over a million dollars a day. What is that? Playing, like one point one million a day? Playing in a you know like a, a host league. What's the total? 400 million. 400 million? Yeah, so it's yeah. 1.0 something million dollars a day. A day. I don't know how, he sur- how his family is going to survive. Especially with this two-week suspension. I mean, it's rough. It must be so tough on him. And, you, got, and you also got the PSG's owned by Qatar. 
the Qatari. Yeah, exactly. Found, right? There's problems there for sure. And in Saudi Arabia, there's lots of, you know, bad blood between those two. So, <laughs> what a joke. It's just disgusting. And now Ronaldo wants out, apparently, as well. That was a, a rumor this week. So maybe it's because Messi's coming there. I don't know. It's just the whole thing is so sordid. It's so, it's just grotesque. It really yeah. is. And uh, well, let's not talk about it anymore. Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid, though. Do you see that? That's uh, apparently on the cusp of happening. Very How does Real Madrid and Barcelona keep affording these players and they're financially in so much trouble? I, just I, don't, I don't know. They find a way, don't they? Yeah. They, yes, yeah. they do. And there's the end of that race, the Jude Bellingham race, apparently. Off to Real Madrid, away from the Premier League. So I guess good for him. Avoid all the bullshit and make lots of money playing in Madrid. Um, okay. Um, I think we're out of time, boys. It's been, uh, what, 50 minutes or so? It's probably good enough, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else you guys want to get to before we uh, say farewell? Oh, it was good. It was good. Covered a lot of storylines there. Um, we're oh. back on Friday with news and dubs. Wonga should return as well. We miss Wonga. We've missed yeah. your face and your voice, Wonga. And you too, Amy. We'll speak to you on Friday. Keep buying newspapers. And cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Fellas, peace out. Thanks, guys. That was good. Excellent. Excellent. Good chat soon. Okay, fellas. Later. See you, boys. Later. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.